Hello, everyone. Welcome to all of us. My name is Rachel. I am so, we are so excited to be with you today. If you don't know, all of us is a place where everyday women tell their in-process stories of God's goodness and faithfulness and point everything back to him. And so with that, I am super excited to have one of my dear friends, Terry Flanagan, on today's episode. This is episode 18. 18! 18. Uh, can you believe it? Titled, Shifting Our Prayers. And I can't think of a better person to speak on this topic, although she didn't think she was the right person, but that's what friends are for, um, than Miss Terry. So, hi, Terry. Hi, I'm drinking out of my I Am The Girl Job mug. I love that. I'm drinking out of mine, too, but this is my Oprah mug. Okay. I got at the Oprah show. Hey, yes, we got this. (laughs) So Terry, will you introduce yourself to the All of Us family? Yes, again, my name is Terry and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I do hail from Texas. Come on, Texas girls. Yes, yes. Um, You'll never be able to take it out of me. Um, Born and raised there, but I've lived on the East Coast all of my adult life. And uh, we have three kids, my husband, Chuck and I, who are 11, eight and four, boy, girl, boy. And um, I always say that's my most important assignment, but the Lord's been really kind to give me some really deep passions, um, which include being a strategic cheerleader for women behind the scenes of their brands, businesses, and ministries as a small business coach and consultant. And I love that work that he has given me a passion for. Thank you. I love Mm it. Um, And that kind of tangled together about three years ago, my love for connecting women and um, being with them and empowering women and talking about Jesus. Um, And I co-founded a ministry here in Charlotte called Ember CLT, which we thought would be a really cute few hundred women gathering four times a year to worship um, from all over different churches in our city and styles of worship. And three years later, that has turned into a gathering of over 10,000 women we've gathered in three years from 250 churches across 25 surrounding cities of Charlotte. And my mind is blown every time that God would just use me as a vessel for that. Um, And it is hard work, girl, you know. Um, And I knew that going into it, that ministry would be so hard, um, but worth it every day. Man. And, you know, I have to say when I first met you and learned about what you were doing in Charlotte at Ember, I was blown away. I mean, the fact that you were bringing all these different types of churches together, different denominations for one reason, you know, glorifying the Lord, bringing the women together, you and your co-founder Elizabeth, I believe, is that her yes, name? Yes. A beautiful job. Um, bringing women together and serving your city. And so, um, you know, you're in charge to get there. Yes. And I'll say one of my favorite things about it too. And, and what's interesting, because I think we all should experience this in some way, shape or form. We do worship a teaching and then some really great prayer, which honestly Mm -hmm. talking about prayer today, a lot of the Mm -hmm. prayer life I've experienced has been through experiencing prayer through other women's lenses. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're so, uh, into our form of worship and teaching and prayer. And what this does four times a year is it takes us out of loving being in a pew. And that's where we experience Jesus to like being in an auditorium and like Jesus is still there. Or, you know, you're used to the log, the, the lights and the cameras and the fog. 
but when you go to a more conservative church, you still can experience Jesus That's there. Right. And it's been a privilege right. to like, somebody told us once, if, if a woman, if it's not your style song, but the woman a row and five seats down from you is worshiping and experience Jesus, then that should be worship to us. Oh, Isn't that so good? good? So yeah. good. I love yeah. that. Oh, well, if you're in the Charlotte area, I mean, you got to come to one of these events. I, I can't wait to see what's next. I know COVID, of course, threw a wrench in a lot, but um, yeah. God did a lot of amazing things when you guys went online and uh, our friend Cheryl visited and uh, yeah, she did. forward to the future. So Thanks. with that, before we yeah. get into shifting our prayers and the content, Terry, will you, will you just tell us a little bit about your Jesus journey and how you came to know him and love him? Yes, I, I have one of those stories that is so special to me that I do not know life apart from Jesus. And mm -hmm. I think there's been seasons where that feels disappointing because I should mm -hmm. have a story that there's this big moment or this big um, revelation or God delivered me. And I am so grateful that mm -hmm. my sweet story, he's in it the whole time. Um, I grew up in a really big church in Texas, Dallas, and um, I was raised in a deep, deep faith, uh, mm -hmm. walked through many hard things with my family um, as a teenager. Uh, my siblings are much older than me, so I was almost like an only child and walked through divorce and walked through um, trauma with some family members, with some accidents and some different things. And the Lord carried me through mm -hmm. all of that. I will say it was not, and my faith was strong, built on the right things. Um, and I firmly believe that, but it was not until 2013. So what's that? Seven years ago now? So eight, yeah. almost eight. It'll be eight this year. Um, that our life, our perfect little life where we lived in Georgia came crashing down. And what mm. I realized was I had put the life I loved so much and it was built on such great, honestly, true, pure things, but I had put that as an idol and mm. it came crashing down. I always think about the pillar that the big like music things are on, like the statues of music men, you know, the big like Roman pillars. I felt like the world came and like punched that pillar out and just everything crashed. And um, the only thing I had for two years while I walked in some really hard things where where all I could do um, was question God. I didn't trust him. I did not think he was a good, good father, but I knew if I did not pray yeah, and if I did not read my Bible and if I did not listen to some worship music, forced myself to do these things, I had yes. to continue to receive so that I could continue to be with him, even though I didn't want it. Right, um, right. Those things sustained me prayer, reading my Bible and listening to worship music, kicking and screaming. Yes. Um, but that's kind of, and, and since that happened eight years ago, I would say my eyes have been opened wider and I see the Lord brighter and I experience him deeper, but I had to go through this right. trauma as an adult of my husband losing his job and moving nine times in 12 years and just a lot to get to that point of dependency with him. Right. And you know, Terry, that reminds us that that refinement, you know, it, as a believer, it comes typically through fire, you know, first every Peter time talks about and yes. he moved you to a different place in your faith. And I think it's fair to say that it's those trials and tribulations that help us to cling to our father and that foundation that your family helped set 
you know, yes. you growing up in the church, you know what to go, you knew what to go to and to cling to yeah. because of that foundation. So that's encouragement for those of you that are watching today that are parents or caregivers, grandparents, foster parents, anybody, anywhere that's raising kids, that what you're doing right now matters. And yes. that uh, even if it's online right now, like getting them to be able to listen to their Bible studies and read devotionals with them and just show them what prayer looks like, show them what it looks like to serve, you know, um, one another and our neighbors is, is so important. And so with that, you mentioned prayer and you mentioned how, um, that is one of the spiritual disciplines that got you through tough times. Let's go to that. Let's talk about prayer and let's talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer. So what, like right now, Terry, what does prayer look like for you in your everyday day-to-day? What does that look like? Um, one, I want to say this, and, and this is something, when you said that, I immediately, and I hadn't even thought about this before, my husband models it really well. Mm-hmm. And I think I often take his lead. I would say, what does prayer look like a lot? It is my husband leading our family mm-hmm. so well. And what a compliment um, to his faith, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get in a fight, He's like, hey, can I just pray for us? And everything in me as an eight on the Enneagram is like, I don't, I will pray on my own. I do not need you to pray for us. I will pray for, I will pray for myself when you leave this room. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's what prayer looks like a lot of times for me. Talk about breaking down those walls immediately. You're like, oh, okay. Real, real here. Um, but he, he models it so well in our family. But I will say I've had to learn that prayer um, is not, bookends of my day. It's a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I learn that daily that if I've got to renew my mind and I've got to shift where my heart is and, you know, I've got to pray, I've got to listen to worship. I've got to like regroup. And yes. I feel like that is where prayer comes for me every day, that it's a posture of complete trust and surrender, mm-hmm. no matter what the moment is. And, um, so on the daily, I feel like it, it, for me, it's honestly less of the bookends and more of the lacing and weaving, um, yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. And I think too, that it, depending on how we grew up and, and what kind of church, you know, what worship and prayer looked like, this may be a little bit difficult or uncomfortable at first for some of us. And so I want to acknowledge that no, no matter where, what your prayer life looks like today, that, um, it can be strengthened and that there is not one right way to pray. No. What, what Terry, what I'll share today, this is how God has, um, you know, used our experiences and has grown us in our spiritual maturity, not having it be those bookends like you talked about. Yes. But, you know, I can find myself like in the car on the way to take the kids to school. Like we pray at the same exit whenever we get off, you know, um, it is uh, prayers out loud, you know, sometimes- yes. Yes. There are platform prayers where I'm just like, Lord, I need you now. Give me patience because kids are going crazy, right? Or sometimes it is more of the intentional prayer where, you know, um, I am asking for something specific or I'm just praising him for breath in my lungs and being able to move my body. Yes. But it's a relationship. And I think that that's one of the things that I really want us to um, hone in on today is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, it's not just like, hey, how you doing? And then bye, good night. You know, it is like we are talking and communicating all throughout the day. And so 
that complete trust and surrender that you're talking about, Terry. I mean, tell us more about that. What, what does oh. that mean? Oh, I feel, so the word surrender changed for me. It shifted for me a few years ago when I was reading a book. Actually, it's a book called Why Her by mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, Nikki Koziars, um, who's at Proverbs 31. And, mm-hmm. and it was a book about comparison. But she said this about surrender. When I think about the word surrender, um, mm-hmm. I think about Braveheart. I think about waving a white flag. I think about battle. I think about giving up, like I give up. And my personality wants to do it all, right? Like I am strong enough. I can do it. I am capable. Um, I like control. So the idea of surrendering is something that I, I'm not here for that. Um, But she talked about in the book that surrender is really handing over to someone who can care for it better was kind of like Mm -hmm. the summary of it. And I'm like, man, Well, when I think about that, I can surrender everything through prayer because I'm not giving up. It's just a shift. Like, yes, we need to like give up all control and lay down our strength so that we can be weak. So he can shine through us. Second Corinthians, but it's more of a, like, yeah, like I can totally hand over everything to the one who can handle it better anyways. Um, And that seems empowering. That seems merciful. It seems kind like the most kind thing Mm -hmm. is that he would say like hey just hand it over to me I got this better and it's Mm -hmm. an easy concept to think about but I think it is um much you know heart we make it harder uh also I will say that in thinking about prayer and surrender the past few years there's been some situations I've seen on Instagram with some people who are really struggling we've got um you know, kids who've had accidents and um, Mm -hmm. people we see having cancer and, you know, what we've experienced this last year, all the things, Mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. And we want things to be changed now. Um, And I think I've struggled myself and I've had to dig deep into scripture. Yes. I mean that, well, what's the point of prayer? Like if you've already made your mind up, God, if you already know the plans and your ways are higher and you're weaving it all together for good, um, then what is the point of me praying? I still, I, we don't have, I don't think we have the answers of that in God's word, because that's the mystery that he wants us to just have a relationship with him. If we knew that he could shift or change or make things happen, we wouldn't go to him out of need. That's right. That's yeah. right. But um, Lisa Turkhurst said this and uh, it has, it's all I needed, just this one thing. And she said, prayer should be what releases us from carrying the weight of outcomes. Mm. Prayer should Mm. be what releases us from carrying the weight of outcomes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to struggle with this idea of, but, but will prayer change my circumstances? Um, and prayer just releases us. It, it just surrender. And that's enough for today. That's, that's enough. enough today. And I think that that's important too, is, you know, like you mentioned, surrender is not saying weak. It's saying, God, you take over, you see, yes. you know, you go before me. Yes. I am releasing this to you. But yes. a lot of us, you know, we release it and then we take it back and we release mm-hmm. it and then we take it back. And that I believe is just a spirit. Uh, we're human, but right. which is a, um, a muscle that we that we need to strengthen and and totally. say, oh, 
God, I trust you, right? That yeah. posture of trust and surrender is something that we are all continuously working through. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you and I both mentioned, you know, like speaking prayers out. Yes. I want to talk about um, audible prayer and why, why? I mean, we can, we can pray quietly and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do, but there is power, Terry, in speaking those words out. Um, one of our, all of us sisters and one of my friends, Ruthie Kim, in her interview with all of us many months ago, she mentioned how sometimes we need to audibly yes. you know, say our prayers out, shout them out, say them out, walk around our house and have our hands up. You know, yes. why do we need, what does that mean? And you yeah. know, why is that, is that important at times? Okay, well, th this is a shift too, right? That Satan, cannot be in our thoughts. That's right. He has no access. The only one who has the access, who is omnipotent and transcendent and all-knowing and the God over all is God, our, our heavenly father. He's the only one who knows what's in us deep in our bones. Satan has no access. So if I am not saying what needs to be said, praying what needs to be heard, audibly saying, like Satan, you're not welcome here. Right. Right. Then he, how does he know he's not welcome? That's right. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, and it's also laced throughout scripture, you know, cause you were there. I kind of went on a deep dive, mm. I think a year and a half ago in the old Testament, how God uh, often speaks in the old Testament in question. So with yeah. Adam, with Abraham, with Jacob, with Moses, he said, where are you? Mm -hmm. And he, with Adam, he was looking for a response from him. He was, when he was in the garden and they messed up and he was saying, where are you, Adam? He was expecting him to answer and acknowledge where he was, but they hid. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are, we, yes, we need to go be quiet and we, there is nothing wrong with praying in your heart and mm -hmm. being quiet and silent. I think we're called to that. And I think, yes, and, yes. you know, we have to acknowledge him. We have to answer and we have to say, here I am, here I am, Lord. And uh, mm -hmm. he that here I am, that all those patriarchs, uh, those men before in the Old Testament, it's mm -hmm. a Hebrew word, Hineni, and it's just a re response to being called. And I want to respond to Jesus yes. saying, where are you? It's like, he's asking us to acknowledge, like, where's your heart? How's your head today? Where's your mind? Do you remember mm -hmm. what I did to you before? I mean, even all the prayers in the old Testament often acknowledge, they recount, yeah. remember, right? Yeah. That's uh -huh. right. Over and over and over again. And, you yes. know, I, sometimes I feel like a broken record saying this, but I mean, it's true that everything that we need is in the word of God. And it, it, he's so detailed here. And it just yes. like excites me when I think about it, because even teaching us how to pray, and even like you said, by example, many examples do we have in the Bible where he is asking a question and asking us to audibly respond yes. to them. So yes. sometimes we are called to be in the closet, but sometimes yes. we are called to shout it out Sometimes we are called to speak in our audible voice. And so I want to encourage everybody to do that and to, and to practice that and to not be afraid to say, you know, my prayer life doesn't look just one way. Um, my heavenly father has given us the example. And so to just do it, to speak it out. Yeah. So Terry, 
We actually had bits and pieces of this conversation uh, this time last year, if you can believe it, about prayer and shifting prayers. And here we are one year later. We were supposed to tape at Camp Well Spring, and that didn't happen because of the pandemic. Yeah. So on and so on. But uh, we, you know, as we talk about audible prayers, when we're shifting our prayers and we're talking about, um, you know, we we ask for what we want in our prayers as well. Um, Yeah. Scripture that says that we need to ask the Father for what we want and what we need. But what's the line there to where our scripture, our not our scriptures, but our our prayers are um, not selfish prayers? You know, is it okay to ask for what we want? But then shouldn't we be praying for the will of God? I mean, how does that all intersect? You talked about um, chase Jesus. You said to me, chase Jesus, um, not your dreams yes. and your. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit and yeah. talk about attention? Yeah, I'm going to read first, if that's okay, mm-hmm. Romans 8, mm-hmm. um, 27 through 28. And mm-hmm. it's in my new favorite translation, the Passion Translation. Uh, all of our favorite trans- <laughs> translations. It is just... So um, it paints such a really, it paints such a beautiful picture, but I'm going to read this first and then we can talk about it. Yes. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy Mm -hmm. ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is mm. continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Mm. So, you know, if we, you know, we honestly, when I think about chasing Jesus, not dreams, I have to think about, okay, what's a dream? Well, first of all, I think God makes us each individually, uniquely with giftings, passions, passions, callings, desires. And that is real. We talked about this the other day in Romans 12, he made the body all different on purpose, Purpose. on purpose. We cannot just like put away passions and dreams and desires and things like he did that with purpose. Mm -hmm. But I think that if I am chasing dreams first, if the order is displaced, right? If I am chasing dreams then it's going to lead to two things, I think. It will either lead to pride or it's mm-hmm. gonna lead to extreme disappointment. If, so if dreams are first, like, hey, Jesus, follow my dream on my little leash and together, you know, we will do this. But if I put him first yes, and I allow my dreams to follow because of who he's created to me, who he's created to me to be and how he's wired me and how he wants me to pursue people and things. And this isn't just, pursuing a ministry and pursuing a business. And we can think about that. This is desires to have babies and marriages and homes. Mm-hmm. Like I've walked this home journey this past year. And I, Rachel, you are walking it out right now. Like I don't desire, my dream is to not have a massive place. I know that God has not given us the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not something he has given us in our lives right now. I just want like four walls with maybe a bedroom for each kid. That's really my dream. Like, can I just have four bedrooms? Other than that, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all dreams. But if if I put the house in front of Jesus, pride right. or disappointment, I either did it or he didn't come through. And that goes back to prayer should be what releases us from carrying the weight of outcomes. 
That's right. Right. And you know what, too, this reminds me, and I love that you read from the Passion Translation, uh, Matthew 6, 33. We all know it, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So they come behind. Yeah, behind. So yes. here's the thing. If we are seeking the Lord in word and prayer and deed. If that is our focus, right? If we are so laser focused on God and his will and his way, our will will automatically match up with what he, uh, with our desires. Like that's just how it works. I don't right. have to worry about all the other things. And you see how, and I love how intentional he is that all these things, that means everything else yes. will be added to you. So that means that my needs will be met in the yes. timing that they, yes. that God has, you know, wants them to be done in my life. And so for me, I hope for all of us that that is freeing right there mm -hmm. to know that God definitely wants to fulfill the desires of our heart. And some of us get, we can get tripped up on this. God does want to fulfill the desires of our heart, but those desires of our heart, when seeking him and his will and his way meet together somehow so beautifully to match up to where that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. not an either or, you know, it's, it's both. Yeah. And in, in, and in a, in a gentle warning with that too, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things in the Christian culture that will tell you follow Jesus because Jesus gives everything, you know, mm -hmm. but like what that says, if you just keep reading and you, and you put all the pieces of God's word together is all these things will be added with the gentle reminder of like, he will complete it whether or not we see it. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. this house that I wanted for 12 years, my dependency was not on if he came through for me or not. My dependency was on, I trust you. I surrender because you got it better. And whether or not, Rachel, he fulfills that for you this year. Whether or not he heals us, whether or not he gives to us, he's not yes. a God that withholds. That's right. Ever. Yeah. And so right. it, whether or not, it's, you know, he will complete it, whether or not we see it. I go back to that, that mm, all the time true. in my head. He will not. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And to, to remind, to remind ourselves that as we deepen our relationship with him and we trust him, there has to be times where we say, God, even if you don't do this in my life, you are still good. Like yes. we desire to have a home and not, and not, you know, rent here in San Francisco. We desire to have a little bit more space for our children, yes. our family, and to be able to serve and that's our not community. Wrong. And, and that's, and that's wrong. not wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. But I have to, at the same time, say, even if we're not called to have a home that we own in San Francisco, God, you are still good. And for whatever reasons that I cannot see, that I trust you. Like, I trust that you know what's best for us. And so while I still ask and seek and do my part, right, we still have a part to play, um, that God is going to fulfill his will. And that will may or may not mean me having a home in San Francisco in my timing. Who knows? But I trust him. And that's yes. where we have to get with our prayer life and shifting our prayers to yes. when we truly say the scripture of God, let your will be done yes. uh, to, to truly believe that. Yeah. So. Something else yeah, too so, that I think of when we have dreams, a lot of times we have worry, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this worry that he's withholding or he won't come through. And um, yeah. like this really good visual that the Lord was so kind to give me for myself uh, last year was from uh, Philippians 4, 
uh, six through eight, I think. But in the message translation, it says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Mm. Let petitions and praises, petitions and praises mm -hmm. shape your worries into prayers. Like what shape my worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life, when Christ mm -hmm. displaces worry. So this is, this is the visual I have, right? Remember those, remember Brookstone where you would go yes. like in the mall? They still yes. have it. A long time ago, that's where you went to buy dad gifts. Yes. Okay. You <laughs> that, know. That and Sharper Image. Sharper, yes, Sharper Image. So like Brookstone. Okay. So Sharper Image and Brookstone, both. So they had these balls that you could buy your dad to put on his desk. Okay. Yes. So like the balls would swing. Okay. Yes. So here you have like, pretend you have those. You, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yes. So you'd, you'd pull back one and it hit it and it'd go. Yeah. And right. it would knock it and it would fly away. Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the visual of what it looks like to shape our worries into prayers and let Christ mm. display, uh, displace those worries. So it's like, okay, if I am just praying for God, deliver me from this ailment, God, give me a house, God, mm. I want to be married. Yes. I need all these things. Yes, we have to pray those. And then with our prayers and our petitions, we have to do this. Yep. And then God takes over. That's the, that's the surrender part. Right. And then, and then we have all these things, these prayers and these petitions. And then we got to let what it, it says, uh, look what happens when Christ displaces worry Yes. at the center. And that's what that looks like. Oh, I love that Terry. And I'm so visual that that really helps me. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to forget. I'm not yes. Gonna yes. So let's shift. I mean, we do a lot of this um, within our friend group, intercessory prayer, because I think it's important that as we talk about prayer, that we talk about praying for one another, which is intercess, yes. you know, intercess half yes. for a sister or for a brother. And so, you know, talk to us about what does that look like, um, you know, between our friend group, between your other friends that you have, um, between your church community, you know, what does intercessory prayer look like, to, you know, in your life and how is this practically done? And do we just, um, you know, do intercessory prayer for those that we are, um, you know, friends with, or is this something that we can actually do with people that we don't know praying on their yeah. behalf? Yeah. And um, this is something that I think comes with maturity, right? Mm -hmm. In your, in your walk with the Lord, your confidence in being able to pray and your you're dis you're displacing your worry that I don't have the right words or I'm not good enough or I don't have the authority. The great news is when Jesus is in your life, you are given access to the Holy Spirit and it does not have to be you. Um, right. But it took me a while to even figure that out. First um, Timothy two one says, most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion and pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts it is pleasing to our savior God to pray for them yes. so I, you know again it's laced and woven throughout scripture 
to pray for other people. God taught us, Jesus taught us in Matthew 6, I believe, um, yep. the Lord's Prayer. He's taught us how to do this. Um, but we are really lucky, you and I, we're a privilege to be able yeah. to do life. I know on all of us every time Camp Well comes up, but uh, <laughs> you know, we have this unique, when there are a lot of uh, women together who understand the power of prayer like mm -hmm. this group of women we have when someone needs prayer we don't we don't just talk about it we be about it yeah. and, and we and, do it right away and too. we do it right away that is convicting for me because I need to be more about that in my other communities and mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm held back I mean here we're talking about you know prayer I like I'm, I mean I am not the prayer master I'm the prayer disaster we all are you know what I mean but it's, it's messy and it's tricky because we have our own pride and our fears, but it's yeah. convicting to me because I need to do that more with people. But when, uh, when the Holy Spirit is work at work in you, you get that like feeling like you're kind of like shaking. You're like, I should really pray for this person. Like we have to be bold enough to stop right then That's right. and to pray. There was one of our friends, um, within our Campwell community, uh, you know, had some scary things going on. And so what, what did we do? We just hopped on a zoom because we needed yeah. to pray out loud together. And yeah. we actually recorded that. Do you yeah. remember? We recorded it. And we, so that our sweet friend who had some fear and some issues, she could yeah. listen back to those prayers and recount yes. to remember what, where the Lord's hand was. That's right. um, I think intercessory, intercessory prayer can be for those, you know, and not those, you know, um, yeah. it is a privilege to be able to scroll Instagram, which I love mm -hmm. and be able to see that there is a need for somebody and yeah. you can, you can intercede on their behalf. You're just opening up the curtain for them to be able to experience the presence mm -hmm. of the Lord. I don't you that. think, don't you think? Yes. And absolutely. And you know, too, I want us to remember that like prayer, prayer is not our, our last resort. It is you know, with the weapons that we have that God has given us, you know, it, it's what wraps it up and the Holy Spirit lives in all of us. And so it is our egos and the wall yes. that tells us that we are not able to pray for others, or that's just not what I do. I'm not in ministry. Or she's I'm better at that prayer thing. So I'll just, I don't want to. That. And it's like, just like everything else, you have a prayer language and the Holy Spirit lives in you. So walk that out. What does that look like? Sometimes it does look like you being able to audibly pray and intercess up for other friends. Sometimes yeah. that looks like in your quiet time, praying for someone and then texting them, hey, Terry, during my quiet time this morning, I was praying for you. I wanted to let you know. Sometimes it's the written word and it's writing out the prayer, putting it in a card and sending it to a friend. There are yeah. different ways that we can um, bring our friends and even acquaintances and people that we go to church with, whoever, um, yes. lift them up to the throne room um, on their behalf. And I think that it's important that we share that and we do that and we don't wait, that we remember yeah. that we have that gifting, that the Lord says that we can come to him anytime yes. because yes. of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And so- okay. It's so important that we remember that, but that prayer is not, like I said, a last resort, right? We talk about, um, where is it? Where, uh, the, 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 blah, blah, the, the difference, the breastplate, the everything that we have, the, uh, tools that God's given us to fight the evil forces, right? They, they're out there. They're real. Yes. So let's talk about that for a minute, Terry, because I think that, um, often, and I know that I have in my spiritual, you know, walk, 
have made prayer a last resort when it should be the very first thing that, that I'm doing. But I mean, talk to us about the enemy. And when you're faced with trouble and strife, like, how does that look? I mean, how long do we, can we talk? You know that I can get really fiery when you start talking about weapons and battle. Um, We need to talk about how it's a weapon and that we can fight. Because I think sometimes we think prayer is just this little cute thing. It's so cute. Yeah. But but first I want to say too, because I do think there's a lot of people who struggle with prayer and they don't know how there are resources. Like for example, one of my resources, and I know you'll put this in the notes too, but um, liturgies have become something that I love over the past few years. We go to, I did not, I was not raised Presbyterian, but being in the Presbyterian church, it's a beautiful thing to experience, but every moment holy, it has like a prayer for intercessor, intercessory prayer, and it has other prayers. So if you don't have the language and it feels uncomfortable, find prayers that other people have written to pray. Even on Instagram, there's a girl clearly stated, and she mm-hmm. writes the most beautiful prayers. And sometimes those you know, tenderize my heart more than words I could even um, say, but weapons. So here's, here is what I love about the weapons God has given us and prayer, I would say being at, you know, at the top, because we all have access to it. Um, uh, Prayer is like a double-edged sword, right? It not only protects us, prayer protects us and fights for us. So it does both. And all of these, the, the, the helmet and the breastplate and the the belt, these are weapons that we have access to to fight the enemy and they protect us and they fight for us. Like worldly weapons do not do that. They are just armor, but God's mm-hmm. armor do both. And it, you know, I, you know, I'm obsessed with Wonder Woman. I do know that. Um, now the new one, you know, the old school Wonder Woman, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. And the new 1984 Wonder Woman, I got nothing, but the like three years ago, Wonder Woman movie, um, I am obsessed with, because I think this does have so much to do with prayer and especially as parents and leaving legacies and, you know, um, discipling women, we are stuck. There's a scene, there's a scene in Wonder Woman. I will give you the link and you can put it up for people, but there is this yeah, scene where somebody tells her like, we cannot fight. Like we, we literally cannot win this battle of what's going on out there. And she just like rips off her cape and her wonder, and she puts, and she puts her hair down and she's like, I can't not get in the fight. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is what prayer is for us often. Yes. Like we actually can get in the fight of this world for our friends, right. for ourselves, for our kids, for our husbands. And we can actually do something by going to the throne room and wonder woman like climbs up the ladder and she gets out on the battlefield and she goes to battle. And what's really cool in this scene, in this movie, in this picture of what it looks like to be like a woman, like fighting forward with faith. She models this. Mm-hmm. She models getting in the fight. And then those people that said, we can't win this, like they get out of the bunker too. And they come and fight with her. Yes. Which, that's so good. Yeah. Ugh, it gives me chills every single time. Here's going to give us the link to that Wonder Woman scene yeah. so that you all can visually see this and be reminded of the weapons that we have. Like we yes. are powerful because of Christ Jesus and he gives us everything we need to everything. fight the battles of yeah. life. And there's in the message at the end of Ephesians 6, where it talks about God's weapons, which you were just reading. And yeah. the message version says 618, pray hard and long, keep your eyes open, keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And I feel like that is like part of this great commission, right? That we're called yeah. to as believers is like, 
you have to use these weapons. You must pray. You must worship. You must get in the word because like you can't leave those sisters and brothers and kids and the, you can't let them fall behind. So you got to like get out and get to work. Cause like we got, we got people is what's that old song? Like people get ready. Jesus is coming. Like, oh my God, we grew up with no. that song. Yes. I'm like, we got work to do, man. That's right. We do. We have work to do. And so, man, what a great end piece to our conversation. Of course, we could talk all day, Ms. Okay. Terry, but okay. we don't count all day. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say that there is so much more to this that Terry has given us in the blog um, on the website, which will, which will be up today as we release this. And so please go there and check out, uh, Terry has taken a lot of time to give you resources and scripture and her thoughts that have been inspired by the Lord for you to help you as we all work together to, to shift our prayers and really just shifting them more towards the Lord every day, God shift our prayers to your will, your way. We want to do everything to glorify him. Um, and obviously to recount, to remember his goodness and his faithfulness because he is so good. So with that, Terry, we're going to end with our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> All right. God is kind. So kind. So kind. So Chase kind. Jesus over chasing dreams because if it is from him, it is for us. Mm, so good. And finally, all of us are better when we allow Jesus to displace everything and stay at the center. Mm, so good. Thank you, Terry, mm, so much you. for being with us today. You are a gem. Mm. I love you as a friend. I'm grateful you. that you on all of us today. And if you all want to learn more about Terry, you can go to our blog at allofus.net. And you can, of course, um, catch up with her on Instagram. I will include all of her, her website, her Instagram handles, and any way that you can um, to meet and start to get to know Terry if you don't already know her. And follow Ember. We'll also put that link um, in the show notes as well. So for now, we're going to say goodbye. We love you, all of us, family, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.